Hey everybody, welcome to Destiny Midweek, the podcast. If you're looking to go a little deeper in the Word of God, if you're looking to have some questions answered about the Bible, or if you're just looking to hear two guys talk about nothing sometimes, but usually it's good. I'm Mark, and with me is my brother and pastor, Matt Bell. Hello. Howdy. It's good to be here. Another episode. Another episode. Episode 24. Season 5. Episode 2. Yeah, that's that's not complicated at all. Nope. Very simple. Easy to understand. How are you doing today? Doing well. Just very happy to be working for the Lord. Oh, amen. Me too. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> Anything else you want to? No, I'm no. ready to move forward. Okay. I'm ready to look forward. All right. Forgetting what lies behind, pressing on. I, I press on towards the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, how was your... Do you want to talk about your weekend? No, it's fine. Yeah. Who if, cares? If you don't care, I don't care. I mean, yeah. You, you Okay. We had a Sunday. Great, we had, Sunday. <laughs> How'd your sermon go? It was great. Good. It was just couldn't have been better. Really? Yeah. Ten out of ten? No, it was it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I spent too much time on one of the points and then I ran out of stuff, ran out of time to talk about the points I wanted to talk about at the end. Mm-hmm. But the Lord knows. Just gotta be led by the Spirit. See, I I just can't. I can't preach that way. Right. Because I know that that'll happen. You know, I, I you you prepare, mm-hmm. you study, mm-hmm. you work hard and be diligent, mm-hmm. you pray, mm-hmm. and once you get in the arena, yeah, in the ring, all of, all of those things factor in, but you, you still got to be sensitive and, and led by the Lord and led by the Spirit. And... That's what I think I'm doing. I, I think I, I believe that's what's happening, but other people might say I'm just not disciplined and sticking to my notes. But I think it's good either way. There you go. But maybe I just prepared too much. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should prepare less. I'd say it's better to be over prepared than under prepared. Totally. So yeah, it was great. Uh, ended up spending the majority of the time on, I think it was the second point. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I think, yeah, there was four points. And uh, maybe it was community, the first point. Maybe it was that first point. Come together, be together. Be together, pray, search the search scriptures. Search the word and, and pray, pray again. again. Yeah, I think I ended up spending more time on that first point than I thought I was going to. And then I didn't have enough enough time to to really drill down on the third point. Mm-hmm. And I had a great saying. Oh yeah, that was a good one. That goes with that third point. Let me see if I can remember it. God's will is found in God's word. No. It's close. God's will is discovered in God's word. The will of God. The will of God is revealed is in. revealed in. The, the word, word of God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, see, we need to be tweeting this out. 
somebody needs to be tweeting. I mean, I can't do everything. I can't tweet, tweet and preach. So it's got to be somebody else. And then I had another great point at the end that I just I couldn't I couldn't get into. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I probably wouldn't have time to get into it, but I wanted to get into it more than I had time to get into it. Talking about Judas? Yeah, in the end, about how man's failures cannot thwart God's purposes. Thwart? Did I use the word, or, or derail, or ruin? Mm-hmm. And it, it, again, that goes to God's sovereignty and him predicting the future, but that even though Judas failed, God's purpose did not fail. And mm-hmm. in fact... Judas's failure had been incorporated into God's purpose, which right. is amazing. You could say Judas had to fail. But he didn't. He, he had his own choice. He made his own choice. We are free moral agents. We're volitional creatures. Volitional? Vol- volitional. When did you learn that word? Probably in second grade. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't even know if I've ever heard that word. Volitional noun, the faculty or power of using one's will. Wow. So God did not make Judas do that. He did it of his own will. Yet God knew that he would do it and had predicted it centuries beforehand. So there you have it. However, for us, we can know like Jesus, when he was sinned against and he was let down and he was betrayed, that even if those things happen to us, it doesn't thwart the the will of God in our lives, the purpose of God in our life. Right. I love that. God is in control. Yeah. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to preach on that a little bit. Well, I feel like you, you've, you've touched on that. It was a while back. There's just so much in here. You know, with Genesis, you know, with all the God uses with all those broken heights. God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. Mm. (laughs) Right. You you should take a day, maybe the one day a month, and just just think of these things. I mean, I feel like that's probably what John Maxwell does. 90% 90% that's of, what I mean that's what a writer does they just sit around and come up with catchy things to say so what was the big takeaway I know you had four points but if you could like wrap that up in a box and you know I think the big take it's funny the the thing that I've got a lot of feedback on from Sunday was the story I told of going out to lunch with my dad with dad mm-hmm. and him telling me I should marry Heather which is it's funny because that's it was so barely loosely tied into the the right. message. Yeah. But it's just what people remember. Yeah, I think people like they like stories. Right. So that's why I threw that in there. Mm-hmm. Just so I'd have something in there. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that sometimes we don't realize how big our decisions are and they they might seem small in the moment, but they end up being big. And, and again, sometimes some of the things that we thought were going to be big decisions end up not mattering at all. And again, I think the big takeaway, and I, I, didn't, I didn't emphasize it as much as I would have liked to, but the big takeaway 
was that if you do these things, if you're, if you're living a lifestyle of these things, that you will live a life in the will of God and you will be making the right decisions and you will be making the right choices. And that we need to learn from the apostles' example and live this way. Yeah, you can be confident and not stressing out like, God, what's your will? Right. What do I do? Right. And there, I mean, there are times when we get to those places right? and these things that we're always doing, they carry us through. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get stuck. We can keep moving forward like the disciples did with Matthias. So that's the big takeaway to, to live that way in community, in prayer, searching the scriptures, praying some more, praying some more. I think it's cool that they were praying as a group, something that we used to do quite a bit as a church, but we, we don't, we haven't done too much. I know we do it in the, I guess we still do it just not on a Sunday morning type service or special service, but it's something we like to do whenever we get together with our, any types of meetings we do, community group, men's meeting, right? women's meeting, is pray with each other. Yeah. It's really cool that they set that example, that they weren't just waiting, everybody getting in a room and just sitting waiting for something to happen. Right. Everybody. Yeah, it shows, you know, Isaiah 40, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And you look at what they did and what they considered waiting and they were seeking the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. So that's what it means to wait on the Lord. The, other, they, thing, they, the they, other thing I got a lot of feedback on uh-huh. was my comments about Mary. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, when I was listening to that, I was like, man, she's, he's uh, going to be stirring up some waters here. Yeah, something else I had no intention of mentioning whatsoever. Yeah, that's why you stick to your notes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the Heather story in your notes? No. 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 So it's just, it is what it is. But I, I just, you know, you just feel that little urge. Mm-hmm. So many people mentioned that to me. Really? Because I, I came Sunday night. In a night. positive way? Yeah, in a positive way. But I came Sunday night to the VIP meeting, gathering. Mm-hmm. And that those were the two things that they were saying, hey, this, this morning was really great hearing how your dad told you to marry Heather and what you said about Mary. Maybe to be really impactful, I'd take no notes and just get up there, just get up there and go because whatever everybody always comes and tells me was great was stuff that wasn't even in my notes. I see. So maybe if I didn't take notes that everything Mm -hmm. would be that. You could try it. I've done it before. Took nothing Uh up there. Yeah, I've done that several times. Wow. But. That's cool. Usually I have my, my points up there. Yeah. Anyway, who who cares about this? The people listening certainly don't. No. So I, I, I think I do, but mm-hmm. what was a thing that was omitted or that you d- couldn't get to? I, I know the Judas, you wanted to elaborate on that. Yeah, I, I pretty much crammed everything in. That's good. That I wanted to get in. There's, there's definitely some other directions that I could have gone, but for the most part, I... Smashed it all in there pretty pretty tight. Well, one thing that I did, I mean, yeah, there's always stuff that you leave out. So like Sabbath's day during Sabbath. 
Sabbath's day journey. I left out where that came from. So a Sabbath day journey mm-hmm. was the amount of walking that a Jew was allowed to do on the Sabbath day before it was considered work. Oh, wow. And the Mount of Olives, it says in this passage, was a Sabbath day journey. But that did not come from God. That was something the rabbis had come up with and just an extra rule that they added to God's word that they said, if you walk more than this on a Sabbath day, you're working and you're breaking the Sabbath. Mm. And the way they came up with that measurement Mm-hmm. was they measured how the furthest in the Old Testament when they were in the wilderness and God gave them the law and said, remember the Sabbath day and don't work on the Sabbath day. They measured from the outskirts of the camp mm-hmm. to the tabernacle mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, on the Sabbath day, they have to gather around the tabernacle. So they have to at least be able to walk from the furthest tent yeah. to the center of the camp and back mm-hmm. and, oh, that, okay. and they came they just came up with that number and said if you walk more than this you're breaking you're breaking the sabbath, the sabbath. so it's just anyway I, I didn't go into all that uh you know it's just extra factoids that nobody needs i need it but uh i also didn't really dwell too much on judas and his story which is in here mm. and this story in Acts is a little bit different than the one we see portrayed in the Gospels. So in the Gospels, it tells us that he hung himself. Yes. But here in Luke, it says that he fell off a cliff and his guts split wide open. Not here, not here in Luke, but here in Acts. Mm-hmm. And so people, you know, they point to that and they say, oh, you know, contradictions in the Bible, whatever. But there's actually ways to harmonize these two accounts and i didn't go into any of that well let's hear it well he could have tried to hang himself and the rope broke Mm. and or he didn't do a good job of picking a good picking a good tree or whatever and he fell off a cliff we see that happen on uh the movie castaway where tom hanks thinks he's going to kill himself and he tries it on a dummy Mm. and the it breaks the rope the uh yeah his dummy so there's that option there is the other option that he he did hang himself and he hung there until his body decayed and and fell apart and burst open and it fell down and so uh, to me that's not those two stories are not incongruent with one another i think he probably hung himself and the rope broke and he fell and his guts bust out everywhere does Luke say what happened in Luke? I don't know. We can look at it. Can Luke at it? No, Luke does not write about it. The story of him hanging himself comes from Matthew's gospel. Interesting. Yeah, so there there was that. But also, you know, Judas betrayed Jesus, but Peter denied Jesus. And we see that Peter is restored to his office and forgiven by Jesus. And you, you kind of wonder what, you know, what would have happened to Judas if, if he would have had remorse over his sin and, but not killed himself. Mm-hmm. But if that was even possible because he had given himself 
over to Satan and allowed Satan to enter into him. He was so far gone. Yeah. At that point. So, but Peter and Judas really serve as two contrasts of a life of walking with the Lord and a life of running from God. And Jesus came to bring life and life abundantly. And the devil's work is to steal, kill and destroy. And we see the, the effects of a life lived under the power of the devil and a life lived through the power of the Holy spirit. It's good. I really enjoyed this, uh, these four points and just the idea of this is how you know you're walking in the will of God. I, I think when I was younger, I've, I would just put a lot of pressure on knowing God's will. Of course, growing up with dad, he's, he would always say, you know, you're a leader. God has great plans for your life. And I was always just waiting to find out what this great plan was. Yeah. And, Never really felt like I'd like it zapped me with a lightning bolt. But especially after dad passed away, what I really just started to see in my life was when I was just obedient to God and his word that doors would open. Yeah. And I would feel peace walking through those doors. Right. And so when people ask, or, you know, to me, that is my big plan that God has for me is to be obedient to his word. And I just trust in that and trust that as I do that, that he's going to take care of me and he's not going to lead me down something he doesn't want me to be doing. So that's kind of just given me a peace that I'm in his will. Right. And not, cause I would stress out like going to school and yeah. I wasn't at school for like nine years because I just didn't know what, I was supposed to be doing and right. Um, so that was cool. I, I think this is, this can be so helpful in people's lives if they really apply this right. to their life. Absolutely. And you're obedient to his word. If you're being faithful to his word, if you're spending time in prayer, devotion, fellowshipping with other believers, you can know that you're doing the will of God in right. your life. Yeah. And part of being part of obeying God's word is, that that encompasses so many things in so many areas of life. Like the verse that says, whatever you do, do it with all you have is under the Lord. So if I'm in school or if I'm at work, I give it 100% right. being diligent, being passionate, being excited, being enthused. If, you, if you're that person, you're, doors are going to open for you. Right. And, and, but that's being obedient to God's word. That's what God's word tells us to be as Christians. Mm -hmm. So not just looking for the, the huge, mm -hmm. you know, things of being obedient to God's word, but even in the, the little things we'll, we'll set our feet on a path that we know is in accordance with the will of God. Yes. So love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Right. So we're, we're waiting to hear from God on X, Y, or Z, but man, if I'm a Christian, I need to be loving in every situation that I'm in. You know, that, that's an overriding, overruling way of living. Right. That's why you need to be in the word so you know. So you know the word. That you know that you're aligned with 
the word. I think I said one thing in this message that I hadn't said before at church, and that is that the Holy Spirit does still speak to us, but that we learn to recognize his voice through reading the word. That's how we learn to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't think I've ever shared that idea before, mm-hmm. but I think it's an important one to to remember and to underscore. Yeah. So people, yes, the Holy Spirit still speaks to us, but how do I discern that still small voice from all the other voices and motivations of our hearts is by knowing the, the word of God and knowing that what the Holy Spirit leads us to do will be an extension of that will not be in uh will not contradict what his word says yeah the holy spirit isn't going to have you do something or tell you to go in one way and when the bible says to go another and i have said that Mm -hmm. i have said that many times but I've, i've never said that the way we learn his voice is by reading his word Oh, that's another good one. Tweet it. You need to write these down. You need a notebook. Just yeah. Your madisms. Isms. So we had a couple questions submitted. Awesome. Love it. By Lisa J. And she, the first one. Well, first she says, hello, Pastor Matt and Pastor Mark. And then she has some questions. She says, the apostles, question one, the apostles gather pray, search scripture, and pray again to find Judas's replacement. Why didn't they do the same when James was killed by Herod? So she's referring to in Acts 12 when James, not the half-brother of Jesus, but James the Apostle, James the brother of John the Apostle, the son of thunder, the, the two of them made together that great group that Jesus called the sons of thunder. Mm-hmm. And he was murdered by Herod in Acts chapter 12. And so the question is, why didn't they replace James the same way that they replaced Judas? Which is a great question and something I've never even thought about. Thought never crossed my mind. And so I had to give it some thought. Have you ever thought about that? No, but just thinking through it, and I probably should read, through this before I give an answer, but they were probably starting to disperse already, right? Yeah, sure. And so I think they didn't have time or they didn't, there wasn't really a way in that day to pull everybody back together in a quick manner. Mm -hmm. And with the 12, I can see like we're waiting for God to send his spirit we're we're waiting for something significant. We need we need our full roster here. Right. Right. We can't have an empty empty seat on the team. Yeah. So I think it's more of the latter than the former of what you said. Mm-hmm. So what I came up with is an idea. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, but it is, I think, a really good possibility. I b be- I believe that the twelve apostles had a specific and unique role to fulfill in the birth of the church. And when you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that it was important that there were 12 apostles. This number mattered. 
And there's some verses that go along with that, and I want to read those. There's actually four of them. So Matthew chapter 19, 27 and 28, it says, Peter answered him, that's Jesus. Peter said, we have left everything to follow you. What will be our reward? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. In Luke chapter 22, verses 28 through 30, he said, you who have stood by me in my trials, I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And then when you go to Revelation 21, 14, it says the wall of the city, this is the new Jerusalem that comes down of heaven, comes down from heaven to earth. The wall of this city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And so this number of 12 it was really important that it be full. And I believe that they did, these apostles, they had an important role, a specific role for them to play in the birth of the church. And finally, the fourth verse is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, that says, the church, the household of God, is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being their cornerstone. And so there was an important role for these 12 to play in the birth of the church, that they were laying a foundation that all of the rest of the church would be built upon. And once they had died, that that foundation was laid. Mm -hmm. And so they were not replacing them anymore. It's interesting that Paul is not one of those 12 that will have a throne. Right. Some people, again, something I didn't bring up, but some people say that uh, the disciples should not have replaced Judas and that Jesus replaced Judas with the Apostle Paul. Mm. That Matthias was... he. He wasn't really an apostle. I see. That it will be Paul's name. Interesting. Some people say that. I I mean, who knows, right? But Paul's the only other person in the Bible that's referred to as an apostle. I don't believe that that's true. I think Barnabas was referred to as an apostle. An apostle. Yeah, so Barnab- yeah, Barnabas is called an apostle in Acts chapter 14. But it, it gets to the heart of what is an apostle. And the word apostle simply means sent one. And so in, in our day and age, we could say that our missionaries are fulfilling that role as apostles, mm-hmm. that they've been sent out to proclaim the good news. But I think, again, looking at that verse in Ephesians the church built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. You look at the verse from Revelation, there's 12 stones that are a foundation of the city. They are the 12 names of the apostles written on there, that the apostles are going to sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. 
that there was a distinct office of these apostles that even though our missionaries are now sent out and even though I think Barnabas was being referred to as an apostle in that sense, the true sense of the word someone sent, Mm -hmm. he wasn't included in that 12 apostles, which there are no more of those today. And so someone who claims to be today a modern day apostle, we need to realize that they may function in that gifting, but they are not the same as the 12 apostles. They don't carry the same authority. They are not eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus, the the things that were outlined in Acts chapter one, that there are no more modern day, what I call capital A apostles. Mm -hmm. That are hearing... Direct revelation, new revelation. Correct. Writing the scriptures, the the scriptures come from the apostles. So, so when someone says we need a new revelation from God, no, you don't agree with that. Uh no. Because I mean, we, because we we have all the revelation when, that we need. When we're when we're talking about we're talking about my isms. One of my isms that I love is if it's new, it's probably not true. Mm. So a new revelation would be what Joseph Smith had, Mm -hmm. another testament of Jesus Christ, and now it's the Mormon church. But for scriptural proof that we don't need new revelations of Jesus, Hebrews chapter one says this, long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he created the world. So God spoke through the prophets before, but in the last days he's given his final word through Jesus. He is, Jesus is the final revelation of God. We don't need another one, a new one. In fact, the book of Revelation starts with this, Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. So no, we do not need a new revelation. We have it in the scripture, in the New Testament, fully, in the picture of Jesus, fully. What we do need I believe, is illumination Mm -hmm. on the revelation. We need the light. Mm -hmm. We need God to shine his light on the word and make it come alive in our spirits. But no, we do not need new revelation. No. Everything everything that God is, is done and is going to do has been revealed through his word. What we need is that inspiration and illumination from the Holy Spirit, from his word, for where we are today. Yeah, because I've heard pastors praying that before, and I'm just kind of wondering, what what is it that you're asking for? So, just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, not wanting to split hairs with people over that. Right. But, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that was question one. Yeah. It's a great question. Hope we answered it in a good way. Okay, question two. Pastor Matt pointed out several scriptures that direct us to seek counsel because we make bad decisions in isolation. I agree. 
but I struggle with the line between seeking counsel and gossiping. I feel like sometimes a conversation starts as seeking counsel and quickly corrodes into gossip. Then I feel bad that I brought it up and hesitate to speak up the next time. What can I do to try and keep it, keep that from happening? So I'm thinking she's, which I think a lot of people do is, hey, I need prayer for this. This is what's going on in my life. So-and-so did this to me or I'm having a yeah. hard time at work. My boss is so-and-so. And Absolutely. I, I think the, the rule of thumb is that it's not gossip if you're being genuine in your heart and you are going up with your prayer request or your uh, issue. If you're taking it to someone that is at a, a higher level of spiritual authority in your life, it's not gossip. Mm -hmm. If it's peer or if it's going down mm -hmm. stream, that it, it can become gossip. So there, there's been lots of times where I've, you know, I have three men in my life that I consider to be my pastors, pastors, yeah. And I've got other people that are peers mm -hmm. and then obviously people that I'm leading. And so it's wrong for me to go with, the, and we've all got issues, but it's wrong for me to go with my issues to the people that I'm leading. That's not gonna help anybody. It's wrong for me to go with my issues. It can be wrong, not all the times, but I, I need to be careful about going to my peers. But I can go to my pastors with my issues and I can know that it's going to stop with them. It's not spreading anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to them with the intent of gossiping or maligning somebody's character. So that, that would be one rule of thumb is, is to go to someone that you consider to be uh, a spiritual authority because hopefully they have the wisdom enough to understand whether it is gossip or not. And certainly the wisdom and the maturity to not be taking what you share and, and spreading it around as rumors, which is a lot more uh, likely to happen if you're sharing that stuff with people that you're leading or your peers. That would be my advice. Yeah. And I would say if, if, you know, you're really needing prayer or you have, you have a group of people that you, you pray with, that you know, love to pray that maybe they're a peer, just, you don't have to get into the weeds the details, yeah, you know, just simply let them know you're going through a tough time and you really need prayer. Yeah, and 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 the Bible says that God knows what we need before we even ask. And I've been in uh, I've been in some prayer circles with people from other groups and denominations, and in other groups and denominations, there's a a common way of requesting prayer for things you don't want to gossip about, and you say, "I have an unspoken." prayer request mm -hmm. just for my unspoken prayer requests. And then they'll go around the room and say, we pray for so-and-so's unspoken need. And I'll never forget the first time I heard that. I, I was like, I've never heard that before, you know, but in the context I was in, it was just totally normal. Yeah. And so for all the unspokens, that's, that's a, that's another way. If it's in more of a peer group and you don't want to, stray into that area of gossip you can just say i have a need but it's an unspoken need mm -hmm. so if you could pray the lord knows and he does yeah because thinking back like when we do fresh start back in the day early morning prayer yeah you know we had the prayer board mm -hmm. right it probably wasn't the best way to do things 
Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's because that board was public too, you know? Because I mean, it's like so-and-so's marriage. Right. You know, salvation for so-and-so. Sure. Um, so I think it, it, it's yeah, a good I've, thing. I've definitely been in sessions where it was a gossip session. And when challenged on it, they said, no, no, we're just, we're just asking for prayer. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with them. It was for somebody else. So I think the fact that you're aware of this shows that your heart is in the right place. And I think that's what we just need to be focused on is mindful of, you know, how we're talking about people and what we say. And unfortunately, I think gossip happens way too much in the church. I think it's it's very easy, especially with social media now where people are very open about what's going on in their lives to take that and discuss it with other people. I think we need to be careful and vigilant as Christians to just watch how we talk about people. So great question. Hope we helped you out. Continue to submit your questions. If you have any questions, you know where to find us. Hopefully you know where to find us. The best, really the best way is just to email us at podcast at destinychurch.cc. So if you have any questions, send us an email. And uh, I've got another question. Oh, really? Came in on Instagram. Like just now? Just now. It's from Eric G. Oh, wow. He says, can you recommend good commentaries or sources that help in digging deeper while reading? And this is specifically about the book of Acts. Yeah, that's a great question. And absolutely. I can let you know that one of the best, really one of the best resources is the ESV Study Bible. The ESV Study Bible has incredible commentary all throughout the whole Bible and especially the book of Acts. So I've used that Bible for many years and love it and highly recommend it. ESV study Bible. The notes are solid and it is uh, really an invaluable resource. Did he use the word dig digging deeper? Yes. Oh man, he did. That's a good word. I guess there is another one that or another handful of resources. One is simply called Acts, and that's by R.C. Sproul. Acts, R.C. Sproul. There's another one called The Church of Fire. That's another commentary. That's called the Preaching the Word commentary that I'm using. So Acts by R.C. Sproul, The Church of Fire in the Preaching the Word series. And then there's a an N.T. Wright study guide for the book of Acts as well that I would recommend. That one's more of like a small group discussion. But as far as commentaries go, the, the two that I'm using is Acts by R.C. Sproul and The Church of Fire in the Preaching the Word series. So that's a great question. Oh, yeah. Both of those. If you're only going to get one, mm-hmm. if you're only going to get one, I would recommend the one by R.C. Sproul. 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 Yeah, I need, to, I need to get my hands on that too. Really, really solid. Does he, does he do that on a lot of the books of the Bible? Yeah, uh, not all 66, but the majority of them. And it's, it's just great. You'll, you'll love it. It's a really great resource. Cool. And anything by R.C. Sproul is gold in general. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, fantastic Bible teacher. I watch his YouTube videos all the time. Usually fall asleep at night listening to either him or some other Bible teacher. That's cool. Well, I think that's it. 
Let's see, what do we got going on? Oh, hey, if you are a lady and you're listening to this before this Thursday at 6.30 p.m., come on out to Destiny for our Ladies Fellowship. We're going to have a free dinner, some fun games, fellowship. It's going to be a great night. So come on out, child care provided. If you have a kiddo, we'll watch them. And um, also community groups are back in session, so... Be faithful to that. I know it'll be a blessing to you. We got a couple groups meeting this week. And yeah, I I've been hearing great things. Yeah, fantastic about our groups. Things. It's off to a good start. So get plugged into a group. It's another great way to go deeper on what we're talking about. So, all righty. Well, y'all have a great rest of your week. Thank you again for listening to us. This has been episode 24. Looking forward to connect. Hey, wait. Before we sign off, you got to teaser for next week. Oh, yeah. I mean, Acts chapter 2. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. All right. The Holy Spirit poured out what they've been waiting for. Yeah. it's it's, We're going to spend three weeks in Acts 2, and it's just great. I mean, you do not want to miss Sunday. It's going to be awesome. All right. We all have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Don't smoke. Yeah.